What is going on, everybody? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Fun V Tailgate podcast, presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Cart podcast feed. It is week six in the NFL, and Maddie D and I break down every single game. We're joined by Mike Clark, the host of the Pilot Season podcast. As our guest picker, we go through literally every game in the NFL slate. There are a bunch of teams on buys. We also talk some college football, obviously a part of the guest picker segment. But Maddie D and I break it down to start the show for the upcoming Saturday of football ahead. This one was a lot of fun to record. Let us know what you think in the comments. As always, though, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Search The Bullpen Cart on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Smash the subscribe button. Leave us a nice review. Follow us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is the handle there. Thunderblog Sports on Instagram. You're going to want to follow us this weekend. We have a special announcement during the show. So make sure you find us over on Instagram. And while you're at it, join our Facebook group. The Bullpen Card Podcast group is where you can be a part of the conversation. Post questions, comment on the show, all that good stuff. But enjoy this week's episode. Have a great weekend, everybody. And here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of the Fun V Tailgate Podcast, presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Card Podcast feed. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell, and you can hear him moving around with excitement in the background. It is my man, Matty D. What is going on, buddy? How you doing? Well, I'm doing pretty great. Uh, not for every reason I should be, you know, we're, we're going to get into the football stuff, but overall... I have no major life complaints, I guess is the best way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> I love to hear it. Love to hear it. So, Matt, we uh, get the rare night off with so many nights of football. Actually, two nights off. We got Tuesday Night Football last night. The Bills putting up a dud against the Titans. Uh, no action yet, so no Wednesday Night Football. Thursday Night Football getting moved to Monday. Matt, it feels like forever since we got football, and it was only 24 hours ago, and we have to wait so much longer until college football, but... It's been incredible so far. It's been a great October of football, despite kind of weird news throughout the NFL of COVID. And now we have some DUIs and now we got even more COVID in college. Yeah. You know, we kind of expected this, but I'm not overreacting. Um, you know, that they'll, I think they'll figure it out. Other sports did. I know obviously they're not in the same bubble as hockey or basketball. Um, it's a little bit of different of a different, you know, thought than, um, than maybe baseball is, but, Look, they'll figure it out. Players won't play. It's up to organizations and coaches to make the right decisions. And if not, the consequences will occur. Um, yes. I know they're doing a lot of scheduling, schedule juggling. And obviously there's only so much of that they can do. But hopefully what's happened is a wake-up call for the players and the coaches to say, hey, you know what? We, we got to – you know, this is their job. They need to – figure it out. I know that comes off as like a little harsh because obviously like I can work from home in my day job. And if I get sick, I can leave, but plenty of people can't do that as well. So I hope it's a wake up call for the players and organizations to continue to do the right things in their personal lives outside of football. Again, I understand it's tough, but you know, just need to 
make the right decisions, I guess, is the best way I can put it. So. No, that's a really good point. And I'm someone who thought the NFL was going to power through whatever they could because Goodell doesn't really care. I did not think we were going to get college football, and I'm glad to be dead wrong here. And actually, as I reload the schedule, it turns out I'm wrong again because we're getting Raging Cajuns, baby. football tonight. Yeah, the Raging Cajuns, formerly Louisiana Lafayette, now just Louisiana, hosting Coastal Carolina, who has been in the FBS, I think, for like, I think this is like their fourth season, Matt. So we're getting some some Sunbelt action because there's no Maction yet. But so I'm wrong again. But yeah, I totally agree with you. I think because of all the different schedule juggling and depending on what happens, if another team gets it and how the, all of that goes, I have a feeling we might see the NFL decide. They've already said that they're fine pushing the Super Bowl back. I have a feeling we might see, especially like maybe post Thanksgiving, if Thanksgiving gets really bad and, and all this different stuff, especially with you know what teams might do for giving their players time off and, and all this sort of stuff. Not to say anybody is irresponsible here, like what the Titans were doing or anything like that, but um, maybe we see them do a, a cool-down week. We see week 12 become you know a bye week for every team, and it gets extended to week 18, something like that. Um, maybe even sooner. Maybe we see if, if another team gets it right away. Obviously, it's the middle of October now. It's week 6 in the NFL Technically week seven in college, although it's we're going to have like 30 weeks of college football, I feel like. But um, yeah, if I feel like that, I don't want to sound too negative on just the state of COVID in the United States or really even the world, too, because Europe, we're, we're starting to see an uptick there. But um, I feel like depending on how everything goes, because you mentioned it, specifically baseball figured it out when the Marlins had so many positive COVID tests. The Cardinals got it for a little bit. Um, you know, they were able to, they were able to get through it. So I don't know what the correct answer is. I feel like adding a week or two into this, whether it's your backloading, which is unfair because if say the Titans hadn't figured this out, they didn't play Tuesday night football. If it's, if at a certain point and you weren't going to make them forfeit games, but if at a certain point you're making the bills who are now four and one, you're making them have to make up games at the back end. And they ultimately end up winning the AFC East because of it. You know, they go right into the wild card round where teams who didn't get a buy, inadvertently got one and the team who got a buy, whether it's the chiefs Ravens or otherwise, you know, inadvertently gets two weeks off. So I don't know what, what Goodell's thinking. I'm sure they're meeting around the clock with all of these sort of things out there. Um, and I don't know, maybe they're looking at college too. Nick Saban just got diagnosed today with it. He's self quarantined. No word on that Alabama game on Saturday night against Georgia, but we'll, uh, you know, it's, it's an, it's a process and we're going to continue to see what goes on with it. Again, I just go back to, I, I do, I, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't personally feel like the NFL doesn't care. I mean, they've put in everything that they can sure, do. Sure. Sure. I, I mean, in like, in uh, outside month. of creating a bubble. No, no, no. I, I know what you mean, but and I know it's a money thing, yeah, right? Editorial, I, get that. I mean, in an editorialized way of all these different things, yeah, scandals yeah. and whatnot throughout the you know, last 10 years, the NFL has gotten a lot of flack for this just seems like another, right. You know, another thing that they're going to be criticized for how they handle it and, and all that sort of stuff. Well, I, you know what, but here's, here's what I said. Like I, I actually, you know, Jason Cordy comes out and says the NFL and the NFLPA doesn't care. Well, you had the opportunity to opt out they'd pay you money and they, they'd let you basically just take a year off of football, if you will, and come back to the same contract you would have had if you started this year, that opportunity was presented to all players and some took it and some didn't. Um, I get, you know, and most people didn't have that luxury in life. Right. Um, most jobs didn't offer you a year off 
to come back to your same job. So uh, I guess to me, like the NFL has testing, they've put in protocols and mandates and the teams like the Titans want to break them. I don't necessarily have a problem with the NFL saying we're going to punish you for that. So maybe that's a harsh take, but you know, I guess the the only thing is, so one of the things that I would like to ask some players is what more would you want us to do? You know, because sure. I mean, it's not fair to just cancel games and not make them up and it's at at the same, you know, so what is the risk? So again, that's how I go back and forth. I, I would have been fine with some type of bubble, but it's probably impossible. It's really um, hard with the number of guys and like staff. Yeah, and all this, that. yeah, right. This isn't the reg. This isn't the playoffs like the NFL and NBA and, and to your or point, baseball days. Right, the teams are so much bigger. So I think it just comes to responsibility of players. I think the best and smartest teams are going to make the best and smartest decisions and, and do the right things. I'm, sure. By the way, I also am not. I'm not. I don't want you to come across thinking, well, Cam Newton's at, at fault. I, I don't know how Cam Newton got it. He could have gotten it from somebody else on the team, you know, so you don't necessarily know. That's the hard part, right? It's a daisy chain. But anyway, just wanted to throw great, that out great there. Great phrase there, daisy chain. I yeah, like I it. mean, that's what happens though, right? I mean, yeah, out of yeah, nowhere. Yeah. So so Cam Newton's uh, trainer and the Patriots staff gets it. You know, again, I know, didn't, I know they're testing everybody, but all it takes is one person that's not in that bubble of testing. Um, and who do you interact with outside of, outside of your day job, if you will? I, I get, I, I know it's hard, but that's, that's what they've been, presented with i guess would be the best way i can put it so we're going to talk about college and preview all that because we do have mike clark a good buddy of the show who's been on yeah this is either his fourth or fifth time first time with maddie d got introduced they love each other but we have him for picks so we're going to talk about college but this kind of has to do with both of i'm really interested in seeing what happens because we haven't really heard a ton right of kansas city had fans on premiere night the kickoff game and, you know, the Eagles are letting fans in. The Steelers had fans last week. More and more, the Dolphins have announced in. There's the joke and all that. More and more teams are saying we're going to let fans in. I'm really interested in seeing, obviously, college football is a completely different animal, but what the impact of that is. Because I feel like it's either being swept under the rug of there are some minor outbreaks or minor you know, spread going from these games or what happens with it. Because I feel like that's also a big barometer on both fronts of college football and the NFL of where these go. Yeah. Well, first of all, I think it's a really interesting analytical situation for the first time ever that, you know, college is a great example. Like what is the difference between you going on the road with a fan base there and without a fan base, how do fans really affect the game? Cause you hear arguments on both sides. Oh, fans absolutely affect the game. And other people say, no, the they Saints. don't really, it's over exaggerated. Right. The Saints, but I mean, College football, you know, you play at home, you tend to win way more than than, than not. Correct. Um, and and you know, we'll, we'll talk. But Texas A and M has a full stadium and with Florida to visit, and they beat him. And Dan Mullen even said, I disagree with what he said, but Dan Mullen said we need to have that same kind of home field advantage. So what teams? I, I just think it's going to be interesting analytically. I go back and forth on whether they should be allowed or not. I think there's certainly safer ways to allow fans and i don't know if i agree with filling a stadium to maximum capacity no um i don't either but the question yeah so um and again i you know i i think they're but i i hope that the teams that do it have very clear rules as to how it's done obviously we've already seen a lot of fan bases break those rules though which is which is upsetting and, and a little sad yeah it's i mean we don't want to dwell too much on this but it's it's worth bringing yeah. up because of especially we're recording this on Wednesday, Nick Saban's diagnosis got announced within an hour of us recording the uh, the pick segment, which we've already recorded. 
So uh, it's definitely on our mind with this. So thank you for listening to us talk about all this and speculating and all this. And if we you know, upset you with different COVID takes, we apologize. Uh, but Matt, let's look at this college slate because we had a very interesting week, I think, of seeing LSU completely drop off the map. Nobody knows what's going on with them. Arkansas, who was a team that you and I and Emily last week were all very high on. Uh, they end up losing. They're playing Ole Miss this week. We have a number of teams who are still hanging in there. North Carolina is now number five, which is kind of crazy. We don't know if the Bama-Georgia game is going to get played, but they're both sitting at 3-0. and Virginia Tech, despite getting the doors completely blown off, really everything, the wheels fell out, and they did not look good against North Carolina. They're still ranked, uh, but... I don't know. There's a lot of teams still hanging out there at three and zero. We talked about it a little bit with the rankings last week of where some of these teams are going to go. So I feel like now we're a week away from the Big Ten starting. More and more Big Ten teams are popping into the rankings and, and inadvertently moving up because of it. Although Ohio State's still at number six, Penn State's at number nine. I feel like Wisconsin was not sixteen, but they've you know they're they're hanging in there. Michigan's at nineteen. This I feel like is the calm before the real return to the Saturday storm that is college football. Am I wrong to think that because we have these games of teams who are maybe fraudulent ranked teams like LSU, who I mentioned looks like they fell off the map. They're still hanging in there and they're 17th in the eight people. But what do yeah, you I think mean, I, what's going on? There's going to be, there's going to have to be some kind of a shakeup when everybody starts playing. Right. I mean, somehow it's going to be so challenging though, for the rankings because of, how many games are teams playing? There's a recency bias that we talk about, right? Losing week one is hurts you way less than losing, you know, week, you know, week 12, like week 12. Um, so I think there's going to be a ton of movement. Uh, not, not necessarily week one of Big Ten play, but week two, when some teams lose that shouldn't or win that shouldn't, you know, that kind of stuff, I think will shake it up a little bit. Um, uh, but you know, and I think some teams that are in, aka, you know, a Virginia Tech, um, probably wouldn't have been in a Texas, which is now out. You know, that kind of stuff I think shifts around a little bit more. Um, so, yeah, I uh, I think there'll be some 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 major shakeups and changes, and and some things will stay the same. You know, Ohio State's probably going to still be in the top ten, probably top five. <laughs> so, I go, but I go back and forth. It's so challenging. I don't, I don't. Um, I don't envy those making the rankings first the AP and obviously eventually the BCS is going to be very tough. You mean the college football playoff? BCS yeah, sorry. I said BCS, gone. didn't I? <laughs> well, you know, you know, that's, that's, that's 2020. Sorry. Well, you know, there's um, some people who are big, who are big. Uh, they correct you. If you say the Stanley cup finals, they're like, Oh no, it's, there's no S it's final. Um, I'm big on making sure that you don't call them BCS bowls. They're new year's six bowls. And I am all about that correcting people on that and being a that know-it-all and, and when it comes to college football it's, it's the open as the other thing you do all the time i'm sorry out there. no i called the british open do you i don't know why i had that stuck in my brain okay yeah i called um, the british open it is my it's my favorite okay. major i call it both but all right yeah i um that's a golf reference things, for those that don't get that <laughs> a couple takeaways i had last week one i thought miami could keep it close that was not true clemson is yeah clemson excellent on both sides of the ball travis Etienne. wow well travis Etienne, but their defense i thought their defense was you know completely out to lunch it was get miami was going to show it and this was i said last week we always get this game miami goes down to clemson or goes to clemson or clemson goes down to miami 
And it's a blowout. Miami's shown as a fraud. Florida State was that for a while with Jameis. And I thought this was going to be the exception. But shame on us, Matt, for thinking that Miami changed its spots. And it didn't. You know, they're still 13th, which I think to your point of once the Pac-12 starts playing at the very end of the month, Big Ten starts next week, we're going to see that probably pretty quickly change. I think Miami does get Notre Dame. I know Notre Dame has to play Clemson, but um, yeah, it's there's a lot of, I think it goes back, there's a lot that I don't see hanging out for too long, but I don't know, man, to to look at Miami's schedule and see where they're at now, it's a little concerning to see this team that we thought was going to be this unreal and maybe sneaking their way into a New Year's Six Bowl type of team, and maybe they still will. Maybe this is their only hiccup because now they've played Clemson, you know, I don't think they're, I have no idea actually how they're doing championship games. They might actually have to go back I don't think they're the same division. I think they're cross-divisional opponents. I think uh, you're correct. Yeah, so they might have – if there is an ACC championship, they might have to play again. Um, but still, two losses, that's not going to That's not gonna harm you from it. Or the – I'm going to call this the Matty D because you love the – you love the uh, the redemption story, beating a team who, was, uh, who you previously lost to. And you're a big uh, end of the season strong, which is a, a follow-up question of these Big Ten and Pac-12 teams playing so late. But we'll – We'll cross that bridge when we get there, but we'll see what happens with this. But I feel like, especially BYU's hanging around there, they're playing Houston in a little bit. We're going to talk about that in picks as well, but like Auburn two and one, we don't know what the deal is with them. Tennessee somehow two and one, that's going to fall apart. That's, that's the SEC Miami, um, which they have to play Alabama. I feel like I don't have their schedule in front of me, Michigan. We don't know Iowa state three and one Louisiana's playing right now. Who knows? So yeah. What we're we're gonna see what happens. A lot of the, especially out of the outside of the Power Five, Marshall's three and zero. They always seem to be three and zero, or always seem to be undefeated for so long. Um, always seem to be three and zero is probably the dumbest take I've ever had on this podcast. But yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Obviously, we have a top five matchup. We have UNC playing Florida State. Uh, if the top five matchup happens with Alabama and Georgia, but I don't know. It's gonna be a. Uh, I think it's gonna be a fun week to see with what happens probably pretty high scoring i don't know yeah well I'm, it's pretty surprised a couple of things like i mean the florida texas game game like that many points are you, are you serious almost 80 points i was yep. blown away by that both are really good defenses um, yep. alabama giving up 48 to old miss who was in it late um is that is that that's what, what we lane talked kiffin's about doing right is that what lane kiffin's doing or is that alabama's defense just isn't what it normally is because i know they got some guys there that can play so yeah, definitely some interesting stuff that happened and kind of see how that reflects moving forward, I think will be will be interesting to witness. By the way, Texas still not back. Ha ha. Yeah. That's um, uh I don't know why they that is thinking that a theme of every single year. Um, exactly. The basketball game that may never happen this year, because depending on what happens with college basketball, but Duke Syracuse ends up being incredibly high scoring. A lot of people earlier this year were fairly high on Duke. I don't know if that's New Yorkers liking Daniel Jones. They want his alma mater to be good. But, yeah, that ends up being 38-24. Kind of a random one to be be spotlighting there. But Duke, to me, I've I've seen a couple of their games because I've seen the hot pick of Duke plus whatever, and they haven't really looked that impressive to me. So see me some of the highlights of that game. Syracuse is a team that I normally feel like like is a points machine, and 
They have been the last couple years. I know they're missing a lot of guys. They, you know, they have, they have some injuries, but I don't know. That was a game that kind of stuck out. Army continues to have an incredible story throughout their season. I feel like that's something that we may not see in terms of high ranking because they play kind of, I don't want to say Mickey Mouse opponents, but kind of a wishy-washy type of type of play there. Um, but yeah, you mentioned that the, the Red River shootout, you see the Dallas Stars trolling Texas? I did not, no. So they said, they tweeted out a picture of the Cotton Bowl and said, hey, Oklahoma, congrats on getting the second biggest win in the Cotton Bowl in 2020. Okay, that's pretty good. Yeah, for those that don't know, they play, the <laughs> Stars hosted the Winter Classic for the NHL at the Cotton Bowl on, on New Year's Day. Um, but yeah, we mentioned Auburn wins this close game against Arkansas. I mean, I don't know. Do, neither None of us had this pick. It seemed like Emily was going to do it. She teased the Bachelor. That's uh, Raven from the Bachelor. That was her school. Um, that's there. And then Temple. Our Temple Owls, which neither of us went to the school. But I feel like they're a southeastern Pennsylvania bird school, so we must support them, like our beloved Lehigh Mountain Hawks, who are not in action this year. I mean, by the way, well, hang on. I think you think you would consider Temple the the Philadelphia football team. Well, yeah, it's I, the only of the Big Five. It's the only one that has an FBS program. Exactly. And, and, and by the way, I, I I know a lot of Penn Staters won't like that I said that, but Penn State's in the middle of the state, okay? And there's a lot of Pittsburgh people who are Penn State fans. Well, that's the crazy I'm a Philly thing. Guy. So so me calling like complaining about random things and correcting people. I want to find who made that Big Ten commercial that shows all the different like landmarks throughout the, the big 10 landscape. You know what I'm talking about where the camera flies over the map. They show both I right. forget what they show for Pittsburgh, maybe a bridge. Uh, but for Phil, they show the Liberty bell and you're right. Penn state is very much down the middle in terms of Pennsylvania and Pittsburgh. It's right in the middle of the state. It's a three hour drive from Philadelphia, which means it's probably a three ish hour drive from Pittsburgh. I've never done it from that side, but yeah, it's, it's everyone. It's not just Philly. So, yeah, having Temple here. Remember, yeah, they beat Penn State when it was at Temple. Uh, a certain friend of ours was shocked driving through Temple's campus during the game that they weren't outside celebrating because they were all at Lincoln Financial Field. Um, <laughs> he's not listening to this, so he might in, like, six months. But he's not. he may get the reference. And, and if, you know, he said this. But, um, yeah, so that they lose to Navy. I hope we're getting an Army-Navy game, Matt. Do we have any idea if that's happening? I haven't heard anything, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah, so, I mean, Navy looks pretty good. I mean, the military schools, you know, always kind of hang around. Hang around there, they get some votes. Um, but, yeah, you, I don't know whether the... the uh, we're going to talk about one shocking result, but there wasn't too much else that stuck out from, from weak, quote-unquote week six in college football last weekend. Um, I guess Georgia tech putting up 46 points. We've talked about it a little bit formerly a triple offense team, but I don't know, nothing really too much else. Yeah. I mean, we, we, I think we hit a lot of the, the bases there um, across the board, by the way, quiet team doing big things that I don't think is fraudulent is Cincinnati. Oh yeah. That's um, a good call. They've always been a pretty good program flying under the radar anyway. Um, well, it's kind of funny because they were so yeah, good when the Big East was still a thing. They had Brian Kelly, and then he goes right. to Notre Dame, 
And they've kind of, they haven't been as loud in the, the polls as they were in the Brian Kelly era, but they've still hung around. They still produce a lot of yeah. NFL talent, which I think is probably the biggest thing that people forget about them. Yeah, I just, I really like them. Um, they're, they're a strong team and in this kind of a year, like they're a team that could make some noise. Um, also, by the way, the other big win that occurred is Oklahoma State seventh. And what really helps them yeah, they don't is play. that, it, and, and not only that, the Texas and Oklahoma losing to each like losing it helps them too. It'd be a great story to kind of see somebody come out like that too. So, yeah, it's actually a really good point because we see we have a couple games between teams that have actually played games. Like they show postpones that just are postpones from the beginning of the year. But it, Oklahoma State because of Baylor is not playing. Vanderbilt, and Missouri aren't playing. We mentioned LSU and Florida, which normally is an incredible game, but. Probably, probably for the best that that gets postponed. Let let those two teams reset onto what they're at. Um, but yeah, we talk a lot a lot about these big games in the picks. But are there, what other games stick out to you? Because um, we do talk we you know we talk about some of these bigger names. But there is are we referring to? Hang on, are we referring to week six or are we referring to next week for this upcoming weekend? I guess Auburn okay. South Carolina might be fun. Well, Auburn needs to kind of show what they're about. Exactly. Um, yeah, we need a in my mind a little bit coming out party. And yeah. South Carolina looked good last week. Yeah, I, I think um, a couple other games that are uh, like big to me. Uh, Tennessee needs to bounce back against Kentucky. They hung with uh, Georgia for a while, and then they didn't. Um, yeah. And so that that to me is something that I've been just kind of like just observing i guess almost so important game there i know we're going to talk about a lot of different stuff in picks but um another another game that's kind of important for these two teams in their own conferences us ucf visiting memphis both have a loss already this year kind of surprising both of their both their programs that have been um consistently ranked obviously great season by ucf recently but just overall um you know both these are these are schools that tend to be pretty locked in um, UCF losing shockingly to Tulsa and then Memphis losing to SMU who is ranked. So it was, you know, a good loss if you will, but both those teams need to bounce back to stay in contention there. Yeah, no, that's a really good pick. I mean, we're kind of waiting for the AAC to become relevant, I guess of every year there's teams and more and more that finish in the top 25 that are AAC schools and I feel like it starts and ends with UCF and Memphis after the number of years that they've had that have been so good. And Memphis going all the way back to the Paxton Lynch years. But UCF, obviously, with you know, the undefeated year, the quote-unquote national championship. Um, and, yeah, I, I kind of hope that it becomes goes from Power 5 to a Power 6 or whatever it is. But you need kind of a, a big a school to become this big powerhouse, almost like Boise State back in the day or – or to use college basketball as an example, not that the West Coast Conference is anywhere close to this, but Gonzaga is always there. So we get a little more of a highlight of a St. Mary's, and obviously they've been very good in the last couple of years, but St. Mary's has always hang, hung around there. And there's a number of other schools who, if they upset Gonzaga during the year or during their tournament or something like that, obviously college football uh, operates on a different level than yeah. a different function. But I don't know. I, I just feel like if you get a resurgence from – Temple, or if Charlie Strong ever figures it out with South Florida, uh, 
It's, or, it's a heck of a con, but uh, it, yeah, I mean, it's it's a I good think con, the one like, problem with the Cincinnati. You, you just mentioned it; they're three and zero. Well, like we're kind of right, you, you mentioned. About. Well, you mentioned Gonzaga, and they're they're the clear powerhouse there. Yes, yeah, St. Mary's has been a good program, but one of the problems the AAC has is that they're deep. I mean, yes, we, we talked about how Memphis, but the Pac-12 is the same way. That's the problem, right? And Cincinnati, the Pac-12 doing it because because Houston, UCLA Temple, and U- I mean, UCS, USC have won so many things. Yeah, Eastern. By the way, Eastern East Carolina has been a program that has made noise every few years. So I think that's probably their biggest issue in, in a good way. But I think they do deserve more recognition to 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 kind of try to edge their way into that power five to power six conversation. Yeah. And they might keep doing it. And this is a big year for them. We talked about Cincinnati and SMU ranked seventeenth, and Houston is a team that people keep expecting to kind of take that next step. Um, and they have Greg yet, Ward does it's, stuff it's, the Eagles. It's, yeah, it's true. It's but it's loaded top to bottom would be the best way I can put it. Yeah, that's probably the probably the best thought there. But anything else before we throw it over to uh, Mike Clark and picks? No, I I um I uh, am awaiting drastically for the for the Big Ten to start. I know it's next week ready. it's going to be fun. Uh, bummer, we have the Thunder Cup coming up, but bummer that we don't get your brother Jack there to. Uh, that's all right. That'll be okay. Give us a full breakdown. Maybe we can get him on next week to help preview the Big Ten. But I can see he's a busy man. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm laughing if you couldn't tell. Yeah, he's a know, big uh, New York, big New Yorker, big New Yorker, and they're not coming back to the office for another three months. So we'll see yeah. if we if we can if we can squeeze him in or if he can squeeze us in for that matter. But let's send it over to Picks. Like I mentioned, my friend Mike Clark, who is the host of the Pilot Season podcast, he talks about that and what's coming up with it. I think you guys are going to really enjoy this. Matt and I had a blast. So here he is, Mike Clark. All right, it's time for picks, and we are pleased to welcome back to the program very good friend of mine and a new friend of Matty D. He is the host of the Pilot Season Podcast. Mike Clark, welcome back to the show. How are you, my friend? Jimmy and I am doing fantastic. Uh, it is always an honor to uh, get that invite from you. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just... I'm building up towards being the Luke Bryan where like you have to ask me every year and uh, I'm, I'm honored. Yeah, that actually is a, that's a great <laughs> deep cut of uh, sadly we don't get it this year with college game day, but or we might maybe you know, who knows, but um, no. Luke, <laughs> Luke Bryan or, or Keegan, Michael key always in the, in the, the Penn state, yeah, the Penn state uh, uh, hoodie. Yeah. The, Jordy, the, I already think Mike might be my favorite, my favorite guest, certainly better than, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to name any names. I don't want to, you know, tarnish anybody else's guest mm. legacy, but I'm already liking what I'm hearing here. It's fantastic. Is this a bit fine to the person you're going to spend the rest of your life with, Jordy? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I was about to say, is he feeling a little bitter that Emily went 4-1-1 one, and one last week because her Ooh, college game baby. didn't even get played. So technically it's 4-1, and one. Um, but she dominated us. Both games that we competed in, she uh, got right by a wide margin in terms of the spread. Um, I had, I went one and five really bad with my stretch college pick. I thought that was going to be my only knock. And then if we go straight up, I had some winners, but, uh, the Seahawks and sadly with everything that happened to the Cowboys and saints kept it a little closer, but, uh, mm-hmm. and Matt, you went three and three. So not terrible. I talked you into the Miami yeah. pick, so it's not my fault that yeah. you decided to go with it, but you ain't you first or last and I'm clearly last. So <laughs> it's all right. It happens. You know, it happens in pick them. A lot of credit goes to uh, third and girl. She had a great week. I'm blown away by her correct pick of the Cowboys Giants game. Honestly, even without the Dak injury, it was probably going to be close. But I digress. Yep. 
Yeah, it was definitely a... She was on it. The one she got really bad with Cincinnati, where we didn't know the line, and she's like, whatever, give me whatever points, and uh, they got the doors blown off them. Well, at least they got a good effort from A.J. Green, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, was that mean? My fault. <laughs> no, it's a... Uh, if, if those that don't know what we're talking about, go look up uh, some highlights of last week, because it was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mike, I know Put in you... some effort in, uh, in looking that up. Uh, it will be more effort than the person you're looking up. Yes. That's right. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, Mike, I know you know how it works, but for those that may be tuning in for the first time, how Pick'em works, we go through, we each have five NFL picks, one college pick. We do it in a snake draft. We'll start with Mike. Matt went second last week, so I go second this week. Matt Ooh. will be coming around for the snake. We cannot repeat games, but you can pick against the other person. How does that sound to you guys? Fair. I mean, you already you already announced the rules, so I, I don't have a choice now. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe, we, maybe we get some uh have a a boring episode where we do some some uh, amendments. But anyway, Mike, since you are our guest, you get to lead it off. So, what is your first pick? All right. So I am looking at uh, the ACC for my pick this week. Um, I am going to pick, uh, and the line that I have here is 11 and a half. I'm going to take uh, BC plus 11 and a half versus Vatek on Saturday night. I love that. So man. let me explain a little bit about why I'm doing this. <laughs> uh, BC three and one against the spread already this year, three and one overall off to a pretty, a pretty good start. Um, I've been impressed by what I've seen from uh, Yurkovic so far. Um, I, I feel like he's, probably their best quarterback that I've seen uh, in, uh, in BC since, since Matt Ryan. Um, and uh, the, the, the Vatek defense just kind of got their doors blown off by North Carolina last week. Whereas, um, you know, BC uh, kept, kept it uh, a little bit closer. And so uh, I like BC to keep it close on Saturday night. Uh, what do you guys think? I like that pick a lot, actually. They're uh like you mentioned, two defenses that are kind of suspect. So I think this is going to be a bit of a shootout. Um, nothing better. And this is, it's on ACC Network, but if you can get the pregame ceremony of seeing Anner Sandman, uh, that that should be a pretty cool environment. But I think, like you mentioned, kind of a suspect defense that Virginia Tech sports out there, a very good BC offense. I think it's going to be high scoring. And I like that. I think definitely within 10 points, if not a potential upset special. I guess my only, my only thought there... And I don't dislike it. I mean, obviously, Vatek. By the way, anyone else notice that UNC is the fifth team in the nation? Um, uh, still mind-boggling to me. BC got lucky last week with the miss. Uh, I think it was an extra point by Pitt. Um, doesn't I don't I don't lose any sleep on that one. But um, to your point, I mean, they're both scoring a lot. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't dislike it, but I don't know. I don't know if I'd, I I would probably stay away. I'm just a little unsure about both squads here. But um, I, how does BC react after kind of a lucky win? Does it drive them or not? But I, I definitely get where you're coming from in terms of it being high scoring. And, and that's a pretty big spread um, for for two teams who score a lot of points and give up a lot of points, too. So I'm a little surprised there, maybe. Maybe, so maybe, maybe the spread kind of draws me to it a little bit. I love the over. Yeah, the over is slam dunk. By the way, isn't that like kind of a reversal for both schools? Uh, last ten years, they usually had pretty good defenses. If my memory serves me correct, you know, you think of you think of uh, the Hokies, you think of Beamer Ball, man. Yes. You think of yeah, uh, yeah that, that's what they they kind of build their foundation on. 
That and yep. BC's normally since Matt Ryan left a running back school. They've you know, kind of right. had AJ Dillon, yeah, sort of suspect yeah. quarterback play. So yeah, right. definitely, definitely a not imposter year, but kind of a out there type of run for him. Um, <laughs> so I guess it goes to me, and I'd love to go diverse and take another conference, uh, but I am going to go with your number five ranked North Carolina Tar Heels, Ooh. who I because of what Matt was saying that it's mind boggling to think this is the number five team in the nation. I thought that Virginia tech was going to show up and make that thing close, but they are a 13 point road favorite in Tallahassee against a Florida state team who we've really seen nothing out of. I think this team is going to blow the doors off Florida state. And I don't know. I don't have too much else on this. Their offense looks prolific and Florida state really isn't putting up a lot of numbers. The over being higher than the Boston College Virginia Tech game at sixty four and a half. Um, it's probably going to flirt around there, and that's only because Florida State is going to struggle to put up numbers. I think. Yeah, how about a downfall for Florida State? Yeah, it's like amazing that we're talking about them like this. This is usually a flip, right? Florida State's fifth, UNC is unranked. Well, yeah, and it's right? also I, this time of the year that like Florida State traditionally would be like fifth and would fuck up and would like lose to like NC State or UNC. And, like, kind of a weird – kind of what we're talking about with Boston College Virginia Tech, like some last-minute interception or a pick six or a, you know, catch that's incredible by – I forget – I think it was Florida State. Had that against NC State where there was some one-handed catch in the end zone on a third and 14 from the 20. So I feel like, you know, the reverse is going to happen here, and North Carolina does still get the win but gets it tremendously – yeah, C- credit to the job that Mac Brown is doing uh, yes. in Chapel Hill. Uh, I-, I know that um, in the past week, uh, a lot of the uh, uh, old takes exposed have kind of come out uh, with the people who are kind of shitting on that hire. So, uh, yeah, uh, good on uh, Mac Brown. Absolutely. Matt, what do you got for college? Oh, man. Uh, I guess we won't. I won't. I'm not going to touch on the big one, right? Two and three. We'll let it go. Well, especially now with the news. That's why I didn't go with it. Well, that's true. I agree. I'm going to go with another game that actually, if you think about it, it kind of touches on a game that was postponed already because LSU Florida gets postponed after Mm -hmm. Dan Mullen comes out. And I I don't know who his PR person is, but probably a poor move screaming about how he needs to have the stadiums full uh, for the the Florida team. But Texas A&M visits Mississippi State. First of all, incredible win by Texas A&M. I mean, they get smoked, and they come back, and, and they beat a really good Florida team. Um, they kind of smack them. Um, and now they're visiting the Bulldogs. And Two points. I mean, what a crazy yeah. season Mississippi State has had already. Two they come out, they beat LSU. <laughs> they beat LSU, and you think that that um, K.J. Costello is going for the Heisman. Yep. Like, and, <laughs> and now they're one and two. Um, I don't know why I have a feeling here, but I, I think I like Mississippi State for some reason. Um, I like the air raid offense to bounce back. I know that Texas A&M has a really good defense. Maybe it's maybe I'm putting too much on that LSU win. I just feel like they're a weird one and two. So I know it sounds crazy, but I, I kind of like a little upset there. Mississippi State at home, um, possibly taken down a a very good Texas A&M team. I don't know why I have a feeling. I just think KJ Costello figures it out and uh, Mike Leach has another one in him. Yeah. I don't hate that pick. You know, the the phrase water always finds its level. The two points versus the amount of yards they put up against the Kentucky defense that Mm. completely for all intents and purposes, shut them out. Um, 
you know, I, I think that there's going to be a number of points thrown out here. It is a uh, – where's the spread on this? Why doesn't – Yahoo has it on the main screen. Six points for Texas A&M. Over-under okay. set at 54.5. That's a classic SEC I mean, over. And that line is so small, though. It is. Like, it's th- tiny. That's why I'm looking yeah. at it. I, I'm like, to, I know. I know 24 to 2. Um, I, 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 just, I don't know. I just, for some reason, it, it sticks out to me um, because it's only six. And I know it seems crazy, but I, now, that's just going to grow. I'm going to roll with it. We'll see what happens. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a battle of two podcasters of, uh, from over of the college football variety at, uh, at Barstool Sports, the two main college bro- mm. podcasters of Casey Smith and Brandon Walker. So we're going to at least have some good social media commentary around this game, I feel like. So that's a really good game to key in on, Maddie. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting. Um, I'm kind of excited for it. I guess I get to go again. I get to jump right into the NFL, which uh, is exciting for me. Uh, I want to take them right away just because I'm I'm excited to watch. Um, You've got the Arizona Cardinals visiting the Dallas Dakless Cowboys. Arizona is only favored by two. Mm. I've been high on this Arizona team. They bounce back after a weird lull. They can throw the ball everywhere. And this Cowboys defense just gave up a ton of points to Daniel Jones and who else, who knows who else on that team. I like Arizona to cover and win that game outright. I I know Andy Dalton is not a bad quarterback. I know that the Cowboys have a really, really good offense. I I just, I'm not convinced that their defense is any good. And I might be worse than Arizona somehow. And Arizona doesn't have a great one. So I like a shootout win where Arizona takes it um, to, to cover the, the two point spread uh, three to three to six point win somewhere on those lines. I, I know he hasn't had one in a while, but let's not forget uh, Andy Dalton's track record in, uh, in prime time games. Uh, it ain't good. No, <laughs> right. <laughs> No, the, and here they are playing on Monday night. Uh, Monday night, or is it Sunday? It's Monday, Monday night. night Monday night. Monday yeah. night. I'm right. Yeah, to be a, fair, it's a to double be fair. header right and, now. Yeah. And I had this game circled. I, I was going to uh, pick Arizona if, if it got to me. Yes. But um, to be fair, th- this is the most talent that um, that Andy Dalton's ever had on his team on his offense for sure. Like I think he's going to be fine. Like I, he's not going to be Dak, but I think with uh, the, the the triplets at receiver and Zeke running the ball. If the rest of their offense stays healthy, like I, I think their offense is going to be fine. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely something we we had some fun with Andy Dalton getting that goal line play that he definitely had to have audibled out instead of handing the ball off to Zeke. But I think <laughs> if uh, I mean again to kind of use Matt's point, Daniel Jones figured it out with with various degrees of success on. on you know, a good tight end system, fair wide receivers against a shitty defense, and Arizona also has a shitty defense. I like the pick, and I, I would have also taken Arizona. I was keen in on that for my first pick. Um, love the over. I might do a little uh, double parlay to finish out a fun week six, but Matt, I really do like the pick. Don't you think Arizona would be, and I know that um, they, they definitely like won that Houston trade. They like fleeced oh, yeah. B.O.B. for sure. Like that, like it's great that they have um, Hopkins in their offense, but I, I just, I want Arizona to have a more dynamic running back than Kenyon Drake. I want like the threat of the running back. Like it, it, I feel like it's almost like wasting these years, these early years 
of Kyler, like to have like an, an okay running back as opposed to like if he had someone like a McCaffrey who yeah. could like make huge plays out of the backfield also like how money would that offense be it would be incredible it would be like what, what <laughs> yeah, right, right? right yeah it would be like what we saw in Carolina before Cam digressed so much and kind of what we're seeing with Teddy Bridgewater it'd be very similar yeah. to that well i mean i think i think it just shows you again I just have harped on this. You just don't need a great running back. Carolina's three and O without Christian yeah, McCaffrey. It's true. You know, I, I just, I'm really not a believer in, and it sucks for the position, but paying big money for a running back. It's just mm. not something that I think you have to do. You know, the chiefs and bills don't have a great running back. Um, I, I, I don't know. I just, I think about like some of these high powered offenses and good teams and it's just never something. I mean, the bucks are using a, uh, and you definitely have to have a running back that catches. But if you're going to pay a guy, it better be Alvin Kamara or Christian McCaffrey and not, you know, some of the other guys that get the big deals. So just uh, something I've always thought about there. Yep. Could you could you imagine, though, if, if Arizona had drafted Dobbins? Where, like, yeah. you know, Harbaugh doesn't really know what to do with Dobbins yet. And, like, I'm sure, like, he'll, like, grow into his role. But right. uh, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I just think the problem with Arizona is there's so many holes, the offensive mm. line and the defense that – yeah. I mean, I, what I appreciate is it looks like Kingsbury is going all in with his four wide receiver offense, which I do think is a great thing. So, yeah. you know, shout out Andy fine. Isabella, right? <laughs> hey, Andy, I mean, I mean, I like I like all four of the guy, all four of the receivers out there bring something a little different to the table. I'm a big fan of what they've done. Um, maybe I'm just a little high on them, and I've, I've kind of bought into the to the Kyler Murray experience at this point. So. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Uh, I, I'm I'm excited to watch him in prime time. I think it'll be a great uh, Monday doubleheader. But uh, yes, I, I, I'm talking too much, G man. Uh, please, you take your pick. No, it's all good. I uh, love the banter. Love the pick. I'm gonna go. I'm going back to this well. There's two teams that I think one is is one and four, and I think they're trash. But they have a win against a terrible Texans team. I'm not going with that game yet. Um, but I am going to go Steelers Browns. Steelers are three point favorites. I'm going with Pittsburgh. Uh, the Browns certainly after demolishing a terrible Dallas defense last week, they took on a Colts defense that Matt and I could not stop giving compliments to in last week's podcast. Um, now I do think that this is going to be a fun game to watch. There's a reason why this point spread is very close, but I do like the Steelers to edge out the Browns here. See what, happens in another week of now that chase claypool's had his coming out party how does cleveland key in onto them do we see more out of the running game than we you know we saw a decent amount against the eagles but i i want to see what pittsburgh does in this next game and i think that mike tomlin ben roethlisberger they have the experience to kind of put the browns back into their place in the afc north so i like pittsburgh to a five and oh and cover the three-point spread Wow. I was impressed with the weapons Pittsburgh's throwing out. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster is almost non-existent, and you're still seeing, like, a lot of success. Uh, I know Deontay Johnson's been hurt. You mentioned he looks like the real deal. Chase Claypool, McLeod, the speedster. Um, even James – yeah, even James Washington. Um, good offensive line, really solid defense. Even if Travis Megatron uh, – Hogan took took the defender defensive backs to school. They're still a really good defense. So um, I don't know, Jordy. I I, I I said some bad things about the Browns last. Well, I really I said good things about the Colts, and the Browns proved me wrong. So we'll see. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I, I I'm really 
liking what I've seen from the Browns. Um, I know they had a really bad week one against the Ravens, but you know, the Ravens will do that to teams where they'll, they'll make a team look bad. Um, I, I think that, um, you know, Odell had such a, what a, what a great game he had against Dallas. Uh, and, you know, Hunt has really picked up uh, the slack from Chubb getting hurt, but uh, I have to agree that I think Baker's going to be running for his life from, from Bud Dupree and from uh, 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 Watt, uh, TJ Watt. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it, it's like, like, Cleveland's exciting, and I think that Cleveland's going to have a good year. They're going to have good wins, but to me, it's still big brother, little brother until yes. I see that like Cleveland can go to Heinz Field and and steal a game. So I, I, I'm, I'm I'm with you on this on this Jordy, but uh, I, I hope it's a good game. I hope so too. I think that front seven is probably going to neutralize a lot of that running game and, and the tight ends as well that Cleveland's been able to roll out. I think that you'll see Odell and, and Jarvis Landry have good games. It's just I I can't see that complete offense that we've seen the last couple weeks doing it again. I, I don't know. I mean, they just did it to a Colts defense, like Matt mentioned, that you know we thought we thought they were going to completely shut him down, and here we are a week later, and they're four and one. The Browns are so who knows? I, I hope well, it's a really good game. I think it's the over set at fifteen and a half for a reason. I, I think I think the one guy that a lot of people are forgetting about is Miles Garrett. Um, yes. He's been a legitimate oh, superstar. A Doesn't necessarily have the huge sack totals, but if you watch a game, he's consistently affecting what offenses do. Um, I, I, they already have a better defense, and I think they get credit for. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, this ground pound system that they're running, I think really helps Odell because now he's the guy that takes tops off of defenses. He's not one-dimensional. I'm not, I don't want to – not an Odell lover, but I don't want to come across as a hater, but – they can do this this ground pound with the running game, even without Nick Chubb, because Kareem Hunt's basically it is a top 15 talent back possibly in the league too. Um, and then they can find Odell in these deep plays. The guy that, that needs to step up to me there for them is Jarvis Landry. I watched a little bit of that game. He drops some easy balls. I mean, mm. when they're when this the idea of this offense is fully running. It's as impressive as I think there is in football in it's terms the Cowboys of Cowboys Week when Jarvis Landry's throwing balls. Like they can right. get creative. I mean, Pittsburgh can too. That's what that's what concerns right. me. If you're a Cleveland fan, is this the best division in football? By the way, I think so. I think so. North, yeah. maybe I, NFC West. I, I mean, I know the AFC. I mean, well, I mean, the NFC East is pretty good, but you know, West, I'm, NFC I think West, gotta, you know, <laughs> NFC East is trash. I'm, I'm yeah. Well, when the, when the worst team in the NFC West is the San Francisco 49ers, who, by the way, we'll get to. But anyway. <laughs> Um, I feel like I haven't looked at I haven't looked at the um, you know what uh, announcing teams have what games this weekend, but I feel like um, uh, Pittsburgh hosting Cleveland I, that's got Greg Gumbel written all over it, right? Yeah, that seems about right. Um, or um, who was the color commentator for the for the Eagles game? Um, we could get him again. I hope he's the Eagles Ravens guy. That was so much fun. Who was it? Fuck. Who was the play-by-play? I could probably tell you from that. Um, play-by-play was uh, Kenny Albert. So we had – he just retired recently. Uh, let's see. I know who you're talking about. Um, yeah, Jonathan right Vilma. Now. It was Jonathan Vilma. Okay. Yeah. And he was uh, – there was some great stuff that we got there. You know, we got Wentz throwing to Wentz. We got uh, him talking about Travis <laughs> Fulgham being draft, drafted and undrafted by the Detroit Lions. So, you know. 
There's some beautiful modern poetry with uh, speaking of Greg Gumbel, by the way, apparently four times in the um, in the Ravens Bengals game last Saturday Sunday, he called Lamar Jackson Murray. Oh, I heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't watch the game. Yeah, we were watching the Eagles. Yeah, poor guy didn't have did like this. a producer in his ear, being like, "You know, that's Lamar Jackson, right?" <laughs> I wonder if there's something to that level of like, it's some like thirty year old guy who like feels intimidated to like correct Gumble. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> right. I don't know. But, um, Maddie. All right. So I. Uh, oh, no, so you, I'm, I'm in sorry. the hot corner, so I got two yeah. picks, don't I? You Let's do go. indeed. All right. Um. I feel like this is low hanging fruit, but uh, that doesn't, that's not going to stop me from taking it. Um, this is, a, this is a really big line and they should not ever be favored by this much, but I, I I'm going to take it anyway because of their opponent. Um, <laughs> I know what you're taking. <laughs> you, you know, I, right. I know what you're talking uh, about. <laughs> give me with a nine and a half point spread. Uh, <laughs> Miami is going to blow out the jets on Sunday. Um. Yeah, I, I I've seen nothing that I like from the Jets. Uh, they just released Le'Veon Bell. Uh, he wasn't really like a plus for the team. Like he he was um, a distraction. And and Gase and him. I don't know what happened with the two of them, but I don't think Gase ever wanted him. And just he wasn't getting on the field. He wasn't playing like he did in Pittsburgh. And the whole situation is a mess. I think with O'Brien and Quinn losing their jobs, I think Gase has to be uh, like number one or number two with a bullet for, on the hot seat. It's either going to be him or Patricia who who loses their job first. Um, and I, you know, uh, Fitzpatrick is doing Fitzpatrick things, man. Like he's going going out there, and he knows that you know the minute that he has um, uh, an underwhelming game, that that that. You know that it's not his job. It's Tua's job, and Tua's the QB of the future. And you know Tua will be in sooner than later. But while he's still taking snaps, um, you know Fitzpatrick is winning Miami some games. And so, um, yeah, I, I think the Jets are an embarrassment. I, I, they the only game they were in was that uh, Thursday night against Denver, uh, and that was against a, a third string quarterback. And their offense didn't do much. Sam Darnold had like a great like touchdown run, but that was pretty much it. Yeah, they got defensive hurt. touchdown, and um, yeah, I I I love uh, Miami uh, minus nine and a half. I you totally oh, go ahead, Jordy. Go, Jordy. Yeah, I totally agree okay. that uh, this is a complete layup. It is wild. I would never never. I hate touching spreads in the NFL that are larger than a touchdown. It's a huge fault of mine, but. Yeah, there's nothing good about the Jets. Fitzmagic <laughs> is still alive and well. The offense, you kind of have to, if you're trying to stream anybody on the Miami Dolphins, you basically, you better odds of just rolling 20, rolling 20 dice and hoping that they all come up as snake guys. But um, but it's, yeah, they're, they're figuring it out, and they're doing a great job with this. And, yeah, there's nothing good about the Jets. Uh, definitely a money line <laughs> lock at that at that point. It was funny. I have friends saying, like a couple of Jets friends who well, I don't know why they're Jets fans, but a couple of friends are Jets fans who say, you know, let's just get Trevor Lawrence. And I go, is that really going to fix it? Because I've seen Sam Darnold do some things that I, I think are pretty good for a quarterback. Um, to me, this team needs a, a dozen 
draft picks. I've never seen less on a team. At least the Giants have a couple pieces that you like on both sides of the ball. I mean, the Jets literally are rolling out garbage. It's it's shockingly bad to me. Yeah, absolutely. I love the pick. What's your second pick? Um, I'm tempted to put on my Homer hat, but I don't think I will at this point. Um, all right. Uh, I, I, I know that we were recently burned by, uh, but uh, neither one of these teams played great, uh, last Sunday, but, um, I love this half a point. Uh, I'm going to take, uh, the Bengals to cover seven, seven and a half over Indianapolis. Uh, I think that, um, like Indy's not blowing teams out if they're going to win. Um, and I, I, I have such like a, I, I love Joey Burrow. I think that he can make things happen if uh, Indy's still missing some of their pieces in the front seven as they were um, the week before. Uh, if they're full strength, then yeah, he's going to be running for his life. But um, I just, I, I believe in uh, the cover King. Uh, <laughs> this last week was the first game that uh, Cincinnati did not cover on the season. Um, so I am uh, on a wing and a prayer going to go out there and say they'll cover seven and a half over uh, the Colts. I actually don't hate that pick. As you mentioned, they have been great against the spread to start the year, uh, including a couple backdoor covers, uh, Thursday Night Football being the, the big uh, example yep. of that. And yeah, the Colts, they've been playing really well. Their defense is really good. Uh, something tells me that this might be a really low scoring game, which really bodes in your favor for seven and a half points. Um, I do think maybe it's either that or Indianapolis is going to have a huge bounce back week. Uh, That being said, Cincinnati also had a really shitty week. They could not move the ball at all. They only scored three points, never really got into field goal range either to get fat Randy, Randy Bullock, an opportunity (laughs) to kick a field goal. Um, So I like them to have a bounce back week too. So I I, I wouldn't like, I wouldn't be shocked if, if you know, uh, I, I turn on and on, on on Sunday and the final is is you know twenty to seventeen. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Like, I totally agree. Like I was about to say that, that sounds about right. Like somewhere around forty points. Basically, the first to, to twenty is going to be the winner. God, you're disrespecting my Colts defense. I'm going to ride or die with them all year. <laughs> I love it. There are we. You and I both have hills that we are going to die on this NFL season, Matt. And I love that we are not changing our spots on this Colts defense, baby. All year, <laughs> I can't help it. All right, it is to me for my second NFL pick, and hmm, all right, it's it's sitting out there. Do I want to go with it yet? No, I'm not going to. Um, I'm too afraid. Just terrible matchup. So I'm going to go with an even worse matchup. I'm going to go <laughs> with an NFC East battle between the Washington football team and the New York football Giants. Giants are somehow favored by two and a half points. I know there's a lot of... <laughs> craziness going on with the uh, quarterback situation in Washington. Uh, But I'm going to go with the football team. I think that their defense is probably going to do some decent work against this Giants offense that I think overperformed. We talked a lot about the Dallas defense being pretty bad, but uh, I think even so, I think they did a lot better than anybody would have expected. uh, Again, given how bad that Dallas defense is. Uh, So I'm going with the football team here. Uh, I feel pretty confident in, how Kyle Allen can do, or Alex Smith, you know, whoever whoever ends up playing for him. Um, and they have the running backs, I think, to, to kind of get the job done, too. So I think there's a couple different ways they can skin the proverbial cat 
against the Giants and figure this thing out. Okay. I mean, it's almost like a why why are we watching game? Why is it being played, right? <laughs> Although I laugh, we laugh when we say that, but Washington is only a game out of first. It's true. <laughs> exactly. So. I think this is like this is the red zone game that like they'll show once. They'll show it like deep in the second yeah. half, being like, here's a touchdown from insert player here. Like, oh, yeah, this game is going on. Oh, yeah, I forgot about this. Like, and the score is like 17 to, to 13. You know, like, what happened? Right. I, uh, I I go around the horn here. So exactly. my first one is, man, there are some tough slate. There's some tough games yeah. to, to kind of yes. think about on the slate this way. It's ugly. But I game I've been eyeing up because I'm just really high on one team and slowly coming around to the fact that I don't know if the other team is very good. Um, that is the Los Angeles Rams visiting the San Francisco 49ers. So two, Ooh, I was looking at uh, this game too. Two uh, Rams are favored by two, and I, I'm blown. I'm blown away. I don't know why I. I don't know why we all slept on them after a rough year last year for a number of different reasons. But I love what I'm seeing. This team is humming offensively. Robert Woods, Cooper Cup are dynamite. I mean, just really good. They've got a great group of tight ends led by Higby. Um, the running game is by committee, which I think is helping them back to my mm-hmm. blog about you don't need a running back. Um, and I think Aaron Donald is still the best defensive player in the entire game. Uh, I like them to, to beat the 49ers uh, and go to five and one and keep pace in that division with, you know, the excellent Seattle Seahawks. So I'm all in on the Rams and this one to cover. Um, I think the 49ers are too beat up with injuries. They're, they're a little discombobulated. I know it seems like a bounce back for them, but man, I, I, I just, I like what I'm seeing from the Rams this year. No, I totally agree with that pick. And fun fact, this is now the fourth straight week in a row that Matt has picked L.A. plus minus whatever. He's picked them to cover whatever spread. But How have I done with that? Uh, you are currently uh, – you got your first win last week. You had lost okay, the so previous Okay, so it's not two. really that great is what you're saying. Okay, yeah. it's good to know. Well, this good is like when know. we used to do straight up, and you always picked the Eagles to win and every other N- NFC East team to lose unless they were playing each other. There's and a... some years it was good, and some years it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> but on so. your actual pick, I totally agree with what you're saying. I It does seem like this is a San Francisco bounces back. Jimmy G has another week to get a little more healthy. You know, Say what you will with him getting benched. I feel like part of that is it was a blowout and just got back from injury. Um, and, yeah, I, I don't know. That defense mainly has so many missing holes that Jared Goff and crew are going to figure out what to do and, and – you know, sneak their way around this to, to really, I don't know if it's just a, an away, away game. So that's why it's minus two and, or something. It's similar to Arizona only being a two point favorite. It may also be that those are two of the more popular teams across the country in terms of NFL teams. Uh, so there might be a lot of money pouring in that way. Um, I don't have what they opened at, so it could have been a wider open and closed or, or maybe even the reverse, but yeah, I like that pick a lot, man. And my next pick Again, again, I mean, you're looking at some of these games. You're like, what, what are we, what are we talking about here? I um, try to stay away from a game. So I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go to a really fun game. And that is the Green Bay Packers versus Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Damn it. There okay. we go. I, um, I was holding off I'm, for it. I was, I thought I could <laughs> let it sneak back to me. Look, I'm actually blown away by the Packers. Me and me and uh, G have talked about this a little bit. I did not expect them to be this good, and I still think they're a very good team. But I like Brady in this one over Rodgers. I think it's a bounce-back week for that offense. 
just thinking they get a little healthier. I think they're, I think Brady's pissed off after the loss and it's hard to go undefeated in the NFL. So I think green Bay feels like this is a game that maybe they don't come into. I know they're coming off a bye. I don't know. I just, I just like, I don't see, you don't see Brady lose twice in a row a lot. And I thought the way they lost Thursday, they, they're kind of a mini buy as well. Yeah. So I'm taking Tampa Bay. It's a one point line. So it's essentially a pick them, uh, but I'm taking Tampa Bay here to, to take out the Packers. I know they're coming off a buy, but just not a fan of picking against Brady twice. Uh, seeing Brady lose twice just doesn't seem to happen a lot, in my opinion. Correct me if I'm wrong, but and I will absolutely be rooting for uh, that pick to go through. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> the bye didn't really do Green Bay a ton of help, right? In terms of their injuries, they're still pretty banged up, especially on offense. Well, I mean, they should get Devonte Adams back full board because he was uh, kind of on the fence. I've been told, so maybe I'm wrong there, but no, I mean, I don't think it was great for them. I, I yeah, I, I don't know that. They lose like they lose. They lost Alan Lazard. They lost a tight end. His name yeah. escapes me. But um, they're still a really good football team. Rodgers and, this is not and a really Jones, though, man, that offense just going yeah. to Rodgers and Jones. I, I just well, this is why I think it's going to be I a know. fun game. Is it's going to be Brady with all the different dudes, Evans, and everybody on that offense. And we started to see the glimpses of it on Thursday night football. Grant got a little more involved. Yep. You know, the forgetting fourth down was hilarious to see, but it's not going to happen twice, like Matt's yep. saying. But even you know, Aaron Jones there. I like this game to be. A very high-scoring, fun four o'clock affair. Um, hoping that if I do indeed make the cut in the golf tournament I'm playing, you'll remember, remember, Matty D, uh, that I'm in in time to watch this football game. I like it. So it's back to me, right? Yes, it is. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, uh, man, um, the game that I keep circling around is not being picked, and I think that's a sign that I should just stay away from it. Uh, do it no take it go on so all right we'll talk about it we got the 0 and 5 atlanta falcons oh, playing no. the minnesota vikings and mike i've been on a hill that i think the minnesota vikings are trash and the record reflects it but uh they their only win against a hapless houston texans team uh atlanta just fired dan quinn this game is going to be a, a complete mess of a game um but let me let me let me ask okay. at the moment Yes. You know, without like crunching the numbers and the calculations, like before the actual result of that play, did you like Minnesota going for it uh, at the end of that game? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I did not. No. Because if you don't get it, there's like a 100. Like, and I, I get that he has to go 94 yards. Like, Wilson's going to score. Like, they're going to do the annoying little teardrop pass. To um, you know, to 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 Lockett or or Metcalf, DK Metcalf, DK Lockett, as I call them. DK, um, I love that name. That's awesome. <laughs> and it's just like you know that's gonna happen if you don't if you don't get that half a yard. Whereas if you kick, then yeah, like maybe you're playing for overtime and it's a Doug Peterson thing. You're gonna lose in overtime, but. Oof. It's like a guarantee you're going to lose if you don't get that half a yard because Wilson's not going to, with the game on the line, he's not going to choke there. That's I, fair. I, I, I hated the call. Hated yeah, I, I think Russell Wilson gets it done no matter what, even if it's, whether it's overtime or if he does it right away. I just think you have to kind of got to be a little aggressive there to try to If Bailey makes play. that kick, worst case scenario, you're going to OT. And it's you're still lost, though. It's not hockey. You don't get a point. Sure, but like you're coins with the boy from getting the ball to, to start, and then, sure, sure. 
Yeah, it just seemed like all the momentum had been on Seattle's side that entire half. Uh, at one point, when they cut it to 13-7, to I tried to live bet Seattle, and they were minus 200 on the money line. Like, people knew that Seattle was going to get this thing done. So I just feel like they knew they kind of, you know, you have to rip the Band-Aid off and kind of get after it. And I can't hate it. You know, you have to respect the move a little bit. Maddie, uh, break the tie. Break yeah, the what tie. Do, what do you think? In, 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 wait, do I think about the Them Seattle, going for it on Sunday Night Football at the end of the game, Minnesota. In real time. Yeah. I always say go for it. Yeah. Okay. I think yeah, I'm, 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 I guess, I'm done. I'm, I'm, you guys are double teaming me. I don't like it. Look, <laughs> be double teaming these, these Seattle uh, receivers. No, that's why I was hoping you wouldn't ask. I just, I just personally, I would rather, I'm, I, I, I go to win. I don't, I, I play to win, not to not lose. That's why I, I, I hated a lot of moves that my head coach has made recently. You know, I, I'd rather you go for it. Um, yeah. Anyway. So, so, yeah, okay. Did you pick so, so, in this game? Uh, I haven't picked in this uh, game. Who you like, I'm sorry for, for, for interrupting. No, 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 no. It's fair because it, it helps build the mystique around the pick. Nah. I really hate the the Vikings. And Atlanta, teams who fire their coach normally have a, we're doing this for the boys win. Um, I could see Atlanta having a nice offensive day because Minnesota's defense is absolutely trash. But I... I'm I'm gonna take the Vikings here to go to cover that four point spread. I just don't think the Falcons can hold on. It's gonna be like Minnesota wins by like two points, but you I cannot. Told me you were a man of your convictions. We yeah, just this is why talked about this. we just talked about you this. You praised this me, Jordy. You praised me, and oh, I know I can't bring myself like this. Is why I kept balking at picking at this game. It's because I could not bring myself to take Atlanta plus four with how bad they've been and who knows, maybe they finally have the, the game they don't blow, but this game is also at one o'clock. There's some good games on the schedule here that could probably eclipse it. The Eagles are obviously playing. So that's going to be on here. We're talking a little bit about another game that may or may not get picked soon. Mike and I were before you hopped on that, that might, that might be a little more interesting. The Patriots are playing at one, uh, so there's, I mean, red zone might not, might, may show this if it's high scoring, but if it's not, and it's really bad football, this might be a game Minnesota wins, and we're thinking, oh, you know, big offensive day or something like that. So I don't know, I'm going to go am, with them, and I, mm, I don't, there's uh, some picks you just have to feel no, uncomfortable and want to throw up in your mouth, and this is that pick. Yep. I'm all in on the Falcons here. I'm sorry. Julio Jones might be back. I, I, I don't like Minnesota either. See, we're, I'm just going to stick with my guns. <laughs> I put money on the Falcons. I don't know. Scott, I mean, I hate Kirk Cousins. I can't. I do too. No, I'm not going to I hate him. I hate him. And I'm annoyed that I had to pick it. But I just, I can't at this point in time go back sleep? To, the, to, the, to the fountain of the Falcons. I've gotten burned on it in the past couple weeks. Got to gotta just go against the green. How do you sleep at night? God. Pretty terribly, according to the uh, – actually, I don't want to give a free ad, but according to a, a something that's wrapped around my wrist. <laughs> uh, okay. So we're so, back in. Yeah, back to you. Yeah, yep. yeah. Um, all right. So, yeah. So, before you joined, Manny, uh, G-Man and I were talking about a game that, like, I think is – going to be sneaky entertaining uh something that uh i'm gonna want to uh so uh my 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 i'm a pack fan and my, my pats aren't going to be on tv in new york because of uh the, the giants 
uh, that garbage team. Uh, so I'm going to be uh, going to uh, a local uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. And, and you always need to like scope out what the other one o'clock games are to like prime positioning to be like, I want to be able to see that game too. But the one that like I'm excited about, I'll say, is um, it's a sneaky good game in my opinion. It is uh, Chicago and um, Carolina. Uh, I say that like both these teams could be like six and 10 at the end of the year, seven and nine, but uh, I think they're both playing really well. I, I, I give a lot of credit to the job that Matt rule is doing. Uh, like you said, Maddie, uh, that uh, they are three and O without Christian McCaffrey. I, I don't know when McCaffrey's going to come back. Um, so they'll, they'll, they'll be even more dynamic when he's back in there. Uh, give a lot of credit to Teddy B for just being, um, you know, you, he's, he's never going to like, he's never going to kill you. Like he, he's just, he's, he's a better Tyrod Taylor where he's just, you know, he's <laughs> got like a winning mentality. Like you're never going to, if you had to like name all the starting quarterbacks in the NFL, like he probably like off of memory, he'd probably be like 25, 26. Like, Oh yeah. Teddy Bridgewater's there. But like, he's the, the, the job that he's doing, uh, recently, and, and you know, they were really only one game. They were kind of blown out, and that was uh, against Tampa in week two, and they even came back in that. So I, I just really give a lot of credit to Carolina, who, like, I wouldn't have blinked an eye if they went 2-14 and 14 this year. Like, Rule was bad his first year at Baylor. He was bad his first year at Temple. Like, he's just, you, you, ne- you never know with him, but he's just, I, I, I think he's a good coach, and I think that they're playing well recently. Um, and so I just built all that up about what I like about Carolina and how like, oh, they're 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 fun to watch. They're kind of exciting. I, I'm going to pick the Bears minus one and a half. Uh, I, I think that their uh, defense really turned it on in the second half of the Thursday night football game. I think uh, the more that Foles plays with the ones. I think he's getting more comfortable. I love what Allen Robinson's been doing recently. Uh, I think that if they can find a way to give uh, Cordero, Cord- <laughs> Cordero Patterson like a splash play, that would be really exciting. I think it's going to be a good game. Um, but I think that right now, I think the Bears are a little bit better I think the Bears win that game, and that uh, that's my pick, one and a half. The Bears are just continually surprising me. Like, I, I was so out of them last week, yep. and they totally changed my mind. I, I, that defense is what we thought they were going to be last year. Are you so suggesting that the Bears are who you thought they were? The Bears are who we thought they were. Let them um, off the hook. Let them off the hook. I, I do, I do. Yeah, I mean, I, I just – I'm it, the defense is really good. I still – I'm questioning the offense a little bit. I know Nick Foles has looked better than I was thinking he'd do, and I'm not – I love Nick. Just, just know him too well, uh, <laughs> if you will. Uh, you know, they've got some pieces offensively. Um, but, again, they're pleasantly surprising me, um, exceeding my expectations. Yeah, I, I actually like the pick a lot. I, I kind of thought a similar thing of – we're seeing hot and cold Carolina offense and I don't know. It's uh, depending on what happens of who who's in where Carolina's offense, I feel like is going to be a focal point of a lot of storylines, but Chicago's defense is uh, the little engine that could, that's chugging along. Defense looks great. Um, and yeah, don't let them off the hook. Love the bear down pick. <laughs> 
Uh, and then for uh, my fourth pick, uh, I am going to, um, and, and perhaps this is, um, you know, me being uh, a big stupid dum-dum and, and just uh, believing in the last thing that I saw. Um, I, I thought Tennessee played a hell of a game last night on Tuesday Night Football. Uh, their line is uh, their favorite by three over Houston, uh, who, yeah, they, they played well for Romeo uh, last week. Um, and I, I hate to bet against Deshaun Watson, um, especially when, you know, it looks like uh, Cooks and Fuller are both healthy. I don't know how many weeks we're going to be able to say that this year, but if Cooks and Fuller are both healthy, their offense is going to be really good. But I think Tennessee's humming. I think Tannehill has been impressive so far this year. Johnu Smith is such a dude. I, I, he's he's becoming in front of our eyes like one of the best tight ends in football, and like not enough people are talking about uh, how good of a season season he's having. Um, I lost a fantasy matchup last night. I tweeted about it because of his second touchdown to uh, <laughs> Rob Sesternino. Um, but I, I think we're, we're, we're getting closer to tractor seats out season. And I, I think Tennessee is rolling right now. Um, yeah, so yeah, like give, give me, uh, uh, Tennessee minus three against a, a, a much worse team than they played last night when they like did the bang thing on them. Yeah. I actually really like that pick because like you, I don't want to, I keep not wanting to bet against Deshaun Watson and I had gone to the Houston well a number of times earlier this season thinking that he could power this team through despite whatever defensive woes and injuries they may have uh, but what Tennessee you meant you just mentioned it what they did to the Bills last night I think cannot be understated I love the Joe Smith call it's almost like when Delaney Walker was uh, Marcus Mariota's favorite target they just have these mm-hmm. tight ends who seemingly go unnoticed because either it's because it's the Titans or because it's not a you know, big name pick and all this sort of stuff. Uh, I really do like this pick a lot. I'd love to to tell you otherwise on on Houston, but that I just I need to see something before I feel comfortable betting for that. Even with Tennessee having what five days off instead of seven, mm. I I still don't think this game. If it was more points, like I think there's a reason why it's not more than three. If it was closer to like five and a half, six points, maybe the idea of Houston could entertain me. But Tennessee, the, I mean, really the only negative thing against them is that a field goal isn't going to make the difference because their field goal kicking has gotten better, <laughs> but it was a problem at the start of the year. Um, but yeah, I, you know, if it was a little more, then I might feel more comfortable taking the, te- the Texans here, but love the pick of the Titans. I've been so wrong on the Titans this year. I've slandered them. Uh, I did not think they had it, and I'm so far, I still don't think they have it. But so far, they're pretty good. <laughs> I'm just look. I struggle with Tannehill, and I know that's hard. But I'm just they've uh, you know done better than I was thinking, and I I would be happy to be in agreement here. I, I know your guys's points, but man, they I mean they're a good football team. They're well coached. That defense is underrated. So, all right, so it's back to me, uh, and we're really. Scraping, scraping some of the bottom of the barrel here. Um, oh, wow. Line moved since we started doing this. Um, yeah, you know what? I'm going to go with it, Mike. I'm going to go with your your pick. You almost went with your homer pick. I'm going to take the Patriots minus nine and a half against the Denver Broncos. A Broncos team, they have Drew Locke practicing. 
Melvin Gordon is not playing Sunday, or most likely isn't playing, but he got a DUI last night, so he's definitely not playing. They haven't officially announced it. Um, Cam Newton's back, like I mentioned. Uh, I just feel like this is a, this is a week where you think, you know, Broncos, Patriots, from what we've seen from, you know, back in the Peyton days, how close those games were. I don't know. This just feels like the type of game where the defense hasn't looked incredible. And I know they've, you know, they're missing a couple guys. Guys got hurt. Guys had COVID. And I feel like this is something where Belichick's going to set it up to really get after this team. I don't really see anybody who's really going to torch the New England defense and really make this thing anywhere towards close. And I mentioned earlier, Matt, I'm, I'm not sticking to my conviction of staying away from a more than a touchdown spread. And maybe that was, that was it. I have to be like George from Seinfeld and I have to do the opposite. So I'm going to take the Patriots and I originally had it at minus 10, but now it's moved to minus nine and a half. So I'm locking that in from what Yahoo gave me. Looked at this game a lot. It's the, the line is just so big. It's so big, <laughs> but again, I got it again. I got to, I got to feel uncomfortable. I got to step out of my comfort zone here in, in uh week six. Yeah. So I was, um, uh, I, I was the the the, the Pats uh, preview guest on uh, the Thirty Two Fans podcast uh, the, the preseason, and just when we did the schedule game, and I had to hear what the schedule was. Um, it, it's it's very um, win loss win loss win loss win loss win loss. It's just like the, the <laughs> way this season starting was cupcake hard game cupcake hard game cupcake hard game. Uh, we're in the cupcake section, so. Like, <laughs> Yeah, like if Cam plays and if Gilmore can play, I don't know what his like. Yeah, I haven't seen anything. With him. Asymptomatic, I don't know, but if Cam and Gilmore can play, like yeah, they're 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 gonna trounce Denver. They're gonna they're gonna beat up on Denver, um, and they have a tough one next week with Baltimore. Uh, I, I think these are games that they have to win if they 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 want to contend for the AFC East. They want to uh, have a little legitimacy. I, I, I do think they'll cover. I don't like, I don't like betting my team just because like, oh, it's I'm like a double boat. whammy when you do, when you do. Uh, yeah. I'm in the same boat. I hate betting the Eagles. The only team I'll actually bet is the Flyers in hockey. And that's just because it's, it's very easy to bet money line in hockey. Cause the spreads are a little more, they're a little even, or the odd spreads are a little more even. I, I I think they should. I think you should be safe at nine and a half. I, I think they should yeah. win. Hopefully, I mean, there's it's just so many unknowns with Denver. Oh, of course. And this is even course. before like the DUI and everything. It was it was it was a game I kind of like had towards the bottom of my list, but like on the radar to pick. And it just seems it just seems more and more to to gra- go up and grab this thing. I um, so many people were way too high on Denver this year. I mean, it still mm. shocks me. Oh I, yeah. I, Oh, they're going to compete with all these weapons they got. They've got no offensive line. Their defense is still aging to an extent. Drew Locke is still an unknown quantity, and they're in a really good division. But, yeah. Um, I get two here. Your final two picks. My (laughs) final two. I enjoy picking games that haven't been touched. So I'm going to scream down to the first game that hasn't been talked about, and that is Detroit visiting Jacksonville. (laughs) Yeah, that's the game I was looking at. Potentially, potentially a juicy fantasy matchup. Yes, now, I, I, I have to start Gardner oh. Minshew because the Saints are on a bye this Oof. week. Well, well, I don't okay. know what he's going to go for D- DFS, but I, I, I'm I'm all in on Kenny Galladay as my receiver. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I was going to say that. So 
I refuse to believe the Lions are this bad. And I refuse to believe all this weird kind of dying off Jaguars hype after week one. I still think the Jaguars are second in the league to the least amount of talent to the Jets. I don't dislike Minshew, but I, there's just not – I know DJ Chark is a, is a good receiver. I just don't see a lot else going on for them. Defensively, they still have some major holes after that miraculous run a few years ago. And I just – there's just – to me, how is Matthew Stafford and all that talent – Galladay, Marvin Jones, TJ Hawkinson, three pretty good running backs mm. in Swift, Johnson, and Peterson, and a defense with some names this bad. I don't believe they are. I like Detroit in this one to take Jacksonville, beat them by more than three. Um, and again, I just refuse to believe that Detroit is this bad of a football team. So I'm taking the Lions to cover for my first. I, I love that pick too. I. Okay. I almost, because of the fact that I have to start Gardner Minshew this week in fantasy, wanted to take the Jaguars. But there is, as much as it pained me to pick the Minnesota Vikings, there is no way in hell I'm touching the Jaguars. They're trying to lose. They want to, I don't know if they're trying to get Trevor Lawrence or if they want to acquire assets. But that, between the defense not being nearly what it was three years ago, and just, they have to, they have to continue to pass. And I feel like Detroit can key in on that pretty easily. And I think you're right. I think no matter which way that the the Lions can try to do this, whether it's through Kenny Galladay, whether they want to try to figure out something. I mean, Matthew Stafford is averaging, like, I don't have the number in front of me, but he's 26th, the passing offense, the Lions, in the NFL. That's going to fix itself. Matthew Stafford is just a walking shotgun of throwing all over the field. So, yeah, I love that pick. Okay. doesn't bode well, know. but I love all your picks because I have to pick against one. <laughs> Well, I'm going to take the last game we haven't talked about. Kansas City Chiefs visiting Buffalo. There's another game on top of that that I think I'm going to take. Hang on. on. Oh, I haven't talked about that game. I'm not going to touch it. I always touch it. All right? I'm not touching it. Don't touch. I'll I'll leave it for you, G. All right. So Kansas City Chiefs visiting the Buffalo Bills. Both teams coming off of disappointing losses. Chiefs probably a little more so, although I do want to reiterate, they played a divisional opponent last week. And for whatever reason in the NFL, you play these teams twice a year. They know each other. Not So both teams disappointing last week to me. I was shocked the Bills, they got throttled last night. And to, to me, they got throttled for yes, how good they they've did. been. Although you could argue that maybe they were playing a little bit above what they were supposed to play. Just surprised about that defense, which has been their bread and butter for the last five years under a great Sean McDermott regime. So uh, all that being said, we talk, I talked about how you, Brady doesn't lose two games in a row. I don't think there's anybody better at playing quarterback in this planet than Patrick Mahomes. I'm totally bought into his legend. I think he comes out and goes off on this Bills defense. I know it's on the road, but I don't. I just see them having a big day. And I like that Kansas City defense. I feel like they just were flat last week. So I like the Chiefs to beat the Bills. And I guess it's on the road, so it's a tough pick. But the reason they're favored by four, um, and I hmm, I didn't think about the spread here. I just picked blindly with Mahomes. I like him to cover. I, I do. I, I just think they're going to cover against the Bills. I think it's seven to ten point win. The Bills are humbled a little bit more. Hey, this is a good pick here. They're falling back. The Patriots are falling back towards the Patriots. So, you know, I'll think. Oh, and the Dolphins, by the way. But anyway. I'm taking the Bills here to cover. I mean, the Chiefs, excuse me, to cover the spread and win uh, and reassert their AFC dominance. I like that pick. I do too. 
Yeah, I think for a lot of what you just said, we kind of we kept being chicken little the last couple of weeks of the Bills, except for me in week four when I thought I got it right on them beating the, the Las Vegas Raiders, <laughs> almost at Oakland. Uh, but yeah, we were waiting for the Josh Allen, you know, kind of revert to the mean game. And we got that last night on Tuesday Night Football. Uh, I feel like that's a trend that's going to continue Kansas City's defense. Uh, probably shuts him down, makes him try to go one-dimensional or you know almost predictable. Uh, but yeah, the one game we didn't touch, Eagles and the Ravens. <sighs> so, Mike, for the, we mentioned Matt likes to pick for the Eagles. I've traditionally always, with the spread, I've gone against them, and I'm going to continue that here. Uh, they're going to be fans in the stadium that was announced today, or it was announced yesterday, and today they announced Temple was allowing fans at Lincoln Financial Field. Um, I don't know if that's going to make that huge of a difference, especially because it's not the link packed and jumping. Um, this is a game. It's at one o'clock. It's on CBS. It, you know, it's going against the, the, the Steelers and the Browns. We talked about that game. It's going to be a fun one. So it might go, you know, kind of, you know, by the wayside, just because of an Eagles team that not a ton of people know what to expect here. Um, they might be able to cut this thing close. I think similarly to the Steelers game last week, they might find themselves down early. Uh, if they find themselves up, this is, this could be a very close game because the Ravens playing from behind uh, haven't done traditionally very well. Um, that being said, Jim Schwartz is not my favorite person in uh, the Eagles organization. <laughs> so I don't really feel very comfortable betting for him to keep it close against the reigning MVP. You mentioned it a little bit with J.K. Dobbins of, you know, when when does he get some sort of come-out game? Obviously, Mark Ingram's in there, too. They have a number of different dudes. Mark Andrews, who I feel like, similarly to a number of tight ends, George Kittle most notably, and the Eagles' sole win, uh, might have himself a humongous day. You mentioned Daily Fantasy. That's somebody to keep an eye out on. So I'm going to go for the Ravens to cover the full touchdown spread, minus seven, uh, in what might be either a... It's set at 47.5, which is a weird number, normally... You'd see it in, in that kind of 44 range, or if it's going to be high scoring at 50, uh, this means they're not really sure what Eagles offense they're going to see, or at least in my experience. So, um, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going to go with the Ravens, though, to, to cover this. This might be like a 9 or 10-point game. Uh, the Eagles give us some Jordy, hope in the second half, and I feel like that's what's going to happen here. Jordy, what what happens every every Saturday during game day? Somebody always has to recuse himself from picking. Is that correct? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Kirk Herbstreit doesn't call the. Uh, yeah, he doesn't. Pick, and, he doesn't and, call. His, he doesn't pick his, his game. <laughs> right. So I, I actually I couldn't pick the Eagles Baltimore game as well for a similar reason. Are you going? I'll Breaking be news. Wow. You'll be hearing me personally. I hope so. Drive our birds to the upset victory. I Travis Fulgham so. goes for 200 yards receiving. Hey, I picked up in fantasy. You know. In multiple leagues, actually. I mean, not a bad decision. So, I, I wanted to drop that tidbit in. I am, I am, I did find out I am going down. Be one of the seven hundred and fifty. Like, wait, sorry, that's what it'll sound like. One of the seven thousand five hundred fans going. Yeah, very excited. Say, multiply. Gonna, that. Very cool. Gonna stay safe. I've got an Eagles mask already ready to go. There so, you go. Let's go, so birds, all, baby. I, I, yeah, that, that's very exciting. I'm, I'm very happy for you, Maddie. Um, I think the 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 barometer for this game is. If you if if we're a quarter into the game, if it's the end of the first quarter, and I haven't heard Fletcher Cox's name once, yes. like, it's gonna be a long day. It's gonna be a very like, long day. He needs to like be a disruptor. He needs to really like carry well, he's been this defensive up unit. Too. That's the concern. 
He looked good last week. Is he banged week. up, you said? He has been banged up a little bit. He looked good last week, so I think he's it's probably now in the rearview mirror, but who knows? I mean, look, that's that's we the money on defense is is defensive line, right? Yes. It's defensive line and it's Darius Slate. Anyway, um, who is playing very well. They are they've got to dominate the line of scrimmage. They've got to have penetration. They've got to stay in their gaps to keep up with Lamar. But the one thing that really can hurt that can help us is that interior pressure. So pressure. So Mike, I'm with you. Not only do we need Cox, but you need to have Malik Jackson who's shown up this year and um, Javon Hargrave who's playing and playing well, they need to dominate that gut and they need to give that up to that, that center pressure. Cause that's an easy way. I mean, Correct. elite defensive tackles. We see it with Aaron Donald and we can see it with Fletcher Cox. It's, it's a strong group up there. They have to win Correct. on the offensive, on the offensive, against the offensive line. Correct. Because mm-hmm. Nathan Gary, Nathan Gary's not catching Lamar Jackson in the open. No, God, no. <laughs> Mike, let's go to you for your last pick because we're running out of time on Zoom. So what is your yeah. final pick? <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy, yikes. <laughs> You guys did this on purpose, but you didn't want to be the last with the fifteenth game. This is bare bones, you guys. Um, oh boy, I almost want to take an extra college game if you let me do that instead of force myself to take a a a, 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 a Sunday game that I don't really, not really passionate about. Do you want to take an over? Well, the Jets are a... playing. Here he took the he took the Dolphins. I'm joking. Shot <laughs> you want to take an Jets. over? Sorry, sorry. Um, uh, I'll, 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 I'm breaking all the rules. I'm, I'm taking a bonus college game. All right. I'm, I'm good with that. Cause it's a weird, it's a weird week. I don't want you to, it is a weird week for sure. I don't want you, I, you I don't want you taking what's... like the Jaguars plus three. That's we're not, yeah, we're not, yeah, yeah, we're not yeah, about yeah, that yeah. life. Yeah. Uh, give me, uh, for some Friday night football, uh, oh, yes. Houston plus five, uh, yes. against BYU. I love that. Uh, oh, if Tune uh, limits his giveaways, uh, I think that uh, the Cougs uh, can have a little uh, upset special Friday night. Is it Cougars against Cougars? What's BYU? It is, yes. Yeah. <laughs> no Cougars. Yeah. Old Simpsons joke. Who are we, the Wildcats? Who are we, who we going to yep. beat, the Wildcats? <laughs> so, they, they, yeah, you invite me on, and I just break all the rules. Well, we did name the, the fantasy draft and the baseball podcast after you. You're a game changer, on, on a legend on the podcast. That's true. Yeah. It's true. All right. Well, quickly, before we get timed out by Zoom, tell us a little, little bit about what's going on with, with pilot season, what's coming up. Oh, so exciting. Uh, pilot season, if you haven't checked it out yet, uh, I'm talking about uh, first episodes of TV shows. Uh, the G-Man has been a guest, uh, and uh, we just texted today. Uh, he will be a future guest. Uh, we'll talk about Brockmire. Yes. But before that, uh, I have uh, some exciting episodes. Uh, I'm going to... I'll be talking about uh, The Haunting of Bly Mansion pretty soon, uh, which is the um, just came out on Netflix. Uh, and uh, I have a couple uh, a couple episodes next week that I'm excited to to debut as well. So uh, Pilot Season is the podcast name. You can get it on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and uh, thank you so much for having me on. This is, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm Luke Bryan, man. You got to have me on every year. <laughs> You're more than welcome to, and and now Love now Maddie's got the giving you the seal of approval. So now yep, now yep, I don't yep. have to run through as much red tape with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I'm still uh, yeah but this was, this was so much fun. Thank you, thank you guys very much. Absolutely. All right. Well, Mike, we'll catch you later, man. All right. Be well. 
Special thanks again to Mike Clark. Matt, that was a ton of fun. I'm glad you guys finally got to podcast together. For those who don't know, he came on last year as a, instead of just guest picker, just guest host when Matt had to pull away. So I'm glad that you guys finally got to connect. Yeah, it was really fun. I mean, his picks were probably all incorrect of the ones that I agreed with. But <laughs> no, I mean, it's always nice. And uh, you get to talk a little football. And I, I, I felt like he, he, uh, he's got a deeper level of knowledge, which I always appreciate. Yeah, he, um, as mentioned, he came on last year. And when he heard that we were doing guest pickers, he loved the concept right away. He mentioned that I came on for Stumptown, which was a show. I'm not even sure if it got renewed for a second season or not, but premiered last fall, probably around this time. Uh, and he immediately was like, you know, I love the concept. I love this. He loves, as you can tell from listening to it, watches college game day every week, watches a ton of football. We're in the same fantasy league, Matt. We're in a uh, promotion and relegation league. We both got matched up in the same one. So he, we didn't line it up with the week that we're playing each other, but yeah, he, um, he knows his stuff and it's, it's always a blast to get him on here. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Yeah, um, so we talked about it well, a little bit. We we grabbed every game. So normally we try to talk about the games we missed. And since enabling the no repeats rule, we've we've run out of games. And there's so many teams on a bye this week. Matt, what kind of storylines should we be keeping an eye out on? Aside from obviously the the must wins, can't loses, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean heated. So so there is this heated MVP race in the league right now. Um, and I think the distance may have slightly grown. Um, a couple guys that people were really high on would be uh, Josh Allen, uh, you know, obviously Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson would put themselves in that conversation. Uh, but I got to tell you, to me, it seems like Russell Wilson is to an extent pulling away at this point with that MVP conversation. I think Drew Brees, I mean, not Drew Brees, excuse me. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Aaron Rodgers needs to be continued to include it there. But his win this week, again, uh, it's impressive to watch that Seattle team. And so to me, he's kind of – I think he's the easy front runner at the moment. Um, and not only that, it's not like he's doing this with a great defense. In fact, Seattle has one of the worst defenses in the entire league. So watching him, Russell, play, like to me, he's got my vote. Um and until somebody stops the Seahawks, the old—I mean, uh, the old, to me, it's it's Russell Wilson, and then I think Aaron Rodgers. I would slot in second behind Wilson, and then probably Mahomes third right now. Yeah, um, just at a high level. No running back is doing enough for me, uh, and nobody else is popping uh, offensively yet. It's a little early to kind of key in on anybody that's a non quarterback, but I I think Russell is easily head and shoulders, the leader in the clubhouse right now. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I, um, maybe it's just because he had a bye week but Mahomes has been impressive throughout it. And obviously has an extra game under his belt to your point though, that you made a number of times during picks about running backs that no one's jumping out to you that I think teams have keyed in that they don't need the star studded running back. And, the case in point is look at Carolina. They have Mike Davis doing not Christian McCaffrey type things, but at a decent replacement level, they've won three games without him. So I don't know. It's, it's something where I think they're figuring this sort of thing out. Um, in terms of, I didn't ask you this, but in, I'm going to answer it and then ask you for your thoughts in terms of guys who could turn it around and, and bring themselves into the conversation. Um, obviously Lamar Jackson is one that sticks out. 
this is a real dark horse, but I loved how he was playing before he got COVID. But I'd love to see Cam continue to kind of go through this FU tour to everyone else that, you know, there's the, the Matthew Berry, 31 teams pass on Cam Newton. But really, you know, how many teams is it really? But however, whatever that number ends up being, kind of this FU to teams that, that thought he was washed up, he didn't have it anymore, he got hurt, and then no one thought he still had it. So I'd love to see yeah. that narrative continue. Kind of the same with Aaron Rodgers. Of they draft Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers is showing, hold right. on, I have, I can do whatever with whatever receiver, similar to what Tom Brady did for so many years with the Patriots. And then you hand him a good receiver, you know, Devontae Adams is banged up for the last year and a half. So please don't think that I'm trying to disrespect Devontae Adams, but Aaron Rodgers is doing incredible things with this to your point of getting the second vote. Um, Mahomes, I feel like it's similar to last year. He was banged up. He missed a few games. Obviously he hasn't missed any games yet, but um, has had kind of an up and down start to his year, but I think can still turn it around and maybe, maybe overcome it. But yeah, it's Russ's to well, lose. And I feel like it's a head and shoulders yeah. difference currently. I, I think Mahomes is the, the, is like LeBron James. I, I, that's hang on. And I want to be really clear here. I'm not saying that he is LeBron James in terms of his hierarchy in the league. I'm saying in terms of LeBron always needs to be in the top three for MVP yes. voting every year for what he brings to the table, whether his pure statistics show it or not. I know what you mean by that. Yeah. Although you could also argue that maybe Russell Wilson should always be up there too. And has been disrespected. Um, yeah, no, well, it's tough. Um, this is that, the point has been made. It's another Matthew Barry. Like, I can't believe nobody's voted for Mahomes or for Russell Wilson. But Mahomes two years ago, you're not going to not vote for him. And it's the same right. thing with Lamar Jackson. You weren't going to not vote for him. And then Mahomes also had a good year last year. So like, oh, of course. it's tough. But it's not like the it's not like the Baseball Hall of Fame voting where you can throw out the same you know the same ranked vote for everybody every year. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like um, somebody gets a first place I, vote, you know, you have to rank them first, second, third. Right. Definitely an interesting race for the first overall pick, right? I think a couple of teams that, you know, we talk about the Jets and the Giants, and would they either of them pull the trigger on Trevor Lawrence with that first overall pick or Justin Fields over that seemed to like. I, I, you know, obviously the number of teams like Cincinnati and Houston that probably aren't going in that direction, the Chargers. Denver's a team to watch, though, one and three, and really hasn't shown me a lot. Would they pull the trigger there? Um, it'd be really fun and interesting because there's a lot of teams with decent quarterbacks or young quarterbacks that are kind of stinking. I, I, uh, I do want to touch on the, the firing of, um, Dan Quinn and, uh, and Thomas uh, Dimitrov in Atlanta. They had a really great run, but I think they are just never going to recover from that Super Bowl. Um, I, I, they're good people and they're both decent at what they do and they'll get other jobs somewhere and they should, but, um, I feel like it's a lot of Dan Quinn, a, a DC by next year. Well, you'd say that yet his defense kind of stinks, kind of stunk with Atlanta. Uh, but 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 I, I do think he'll get a job. Maybe not. Honestly, he may not even be a coordinator. He may be like a position coach to kind of try to rebound his pedigree there because he came from Seattle and he was supposed to be, you know, he was going to be this great defensive coordinator, a defensive mind for an Atlanta team that had all the offense in the world and no defense, and they never really found their defense. Sure. It's a really talented team, though. So – with Atlanta, if you think about it, like what they have to offer, um, they're not a fun team to play because of the potential <laughs> offense they have. But um, yeah, I, I couldn't. I have to agree with the firing, though. Uh, oh, I yeah. thought it was you fine, and yeah, and I know it's tough. And one of the things that makes an organization good top to bottom is is consistency. And I appreciate the fact that the owner Arthur Blank stuck with them this long. But you can't start zero five, even with some tight losses. Tight losses though that you had control over. Um, yeah, I just want to say I think it was the right move there. 
Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I mean, just the fact that they've blown how many leads, the Super Bowl, forget it. Yeah, it, it, it was time. It, it seems wild that it lasted that long after the Browns right. lost, after the Cowboys lost, the Bears lost. Um, yeah, so, you know, it, it'll be very intriguing to see who they end up going with as a to- as their I almost said their total coach as their full time coach at the end of the year. Their interim, I think, has a has a good mind to try to bring out the best of this offense. Their GM search is going to be really, really intriguing to see because you mentioned it of the defense never really stepping up, and they have a lot of good defensive linemen, but I feel like their secondary and even their linebacking core was kind of lacking. And I don't know if that is they wanted to just load up the offense for a talent like Matt Ryan or what it was, but I don't know. I feel like you need to, you need to draft well there. There's obviously a ton of opportunity to, to build around different guys. And again, they did well getting guys like Vic Beasley and a number of different defensive linemen to to go with, but I don't know. They're going to be a really interesting project to look similar to when they hired Dan Quinn. And you remember they were talking about getting like Rex Grossman or all these different guys that could fix that problem. Matt Ryan had all the assets in the world, prior to having Julio Jones prior way prior to having Calvin Ridley. And, you know, now we're, now we have to see where they go from, from here, you know, Devonte Freeman comes on the scene right as soon as they get Dan Quinn. And maybe he rode that train and a number of different dudes that were doing well. So I don't know. It, it, it could be something where we're talking about this in a couple years where Ryan still has a little bit in it in there. And Calvin Ridley's really stepping into his own, who knows if Julio's still there? Because I, I don't know what his contract situation is. You're the bigger contract guy than me. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I just feel like if you're going to do this and bring in a defensive mind, you have to, like, almost blatantly be building the, the, the defense to say there's no more excuses here. Right. Um, I, I also, honestly, here's another thing. They're 0-5, and I didn't think they would – I mean, I assumed they would win games. But if they don't, I mean – would they have to consider Lawrence or Fields with Matt Ryan's age? And I don't, and, I don't hate that uh, option. Yeah, kind of a plateau almost for him recently. So very interested to see what their decision making is, how they end the season. Do they bounce back at all? Um, that's important to me. So Absolutely, could be fascinating. Absolutely. Any other storylines that you're looking at this weekend? Obviously, we talked about the birds. You're going. So hopefully we get some – we don't know where the rules are for phones being out. I don't think they'll be that stringent. But hopefully we get some cool Thunder Instas from this. I'll, I'll do what I can. Um, you know, we, we, we're past the quarter turn. Divisions are shaking out pretty quickly here. Um, it's time for teams who are at the bottom, bottom, bottom of divisions to turn it around. Um so, you know, what can some of these teams like a disappointing San Francisco squad, um, you know, a does Houston have any life? Can the Chargers, who might be the best one in four team in football with a dynamic Justin Herbert, in my opinion, can they or Denver, if Drew Locke comes back and healthy and make a push to get to the top of some of these divisions? Because they're still within striking distance, but you start to run out of games and opportunities. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I mean, the Chargers are now going into a bye week with a ton of confidence in the world. It looked like once the Saints took over that game in the second half that it was going to be completely over. And Herbert stepped up to the bell really well, not the rhyme, but 
they, they, he looked really good. And, and I don't know, the Raiders are on a, on a bye week here. Obviously, New Orleans is as well. Seattle is. Uh, the Raiders, I feel like, are going to be a really interesting story because they've hung in there in a ton of games. Obviously, they just beat the Chiefs in kind of a kind of a show-me game from Kansas City. And Las Vegas showed that, that Gruden knows how to prepare and knows how to step up to these types of teams. So they're, they're going to be a team that I don't know if – or maybe they might be like a seven seed. I don't think they're going to win the AFC West, but – especially with Kansas city hanging in there, but with Denver and, and LAC playing as bad as they are, maybe they end up getting some, some sneaky wins and find themselves in the conversations for the seven or six seed. So I feel like that's a really interesting story too, that probably won't get talked about a ton. So that's obviously they're not playing this week. So it's not a story for this weekend, but just something in the back of my mind to think about. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm with you there. I, uh, trying to think there was one other thing i was going to mention regards to the eagles or or elsewhere no but uh it's still my mind which doesn't normally happen for me actually it happens more than i'd like to yeah you're still trying to think um but i will say this i mean let's go to the eagles real quick because i didn't really talk a lot about them this is a, a really challenging game against a really good baltimore ravens team top to bottom um you know they're gonna win if the defensive line wins and if carson doesn't make mistakes and they play similarly on offense like they did last week. It's a slightly worse. I don't think. I think the Ravens are are just below the Steelers in terms of defensive talent, but they're still loaded. Probably better corners and a, a slightly worse pass rush, but it's not by much. So it's going to take a monumental effort from Carson and that offense to get this done. But they showed a blueprint of how they can move the ball with unheralded guys. They need to continue that. They need to do the same game plan of running Miles Sanders. I, Forget this. I know he had the big the big touchdown, and that was awesome. But even just getting one or two yards, just constantly keeping the defense honest is what's important. Um, I do honestly, though, think it comes down to our defense stepping up. Um, Jim Schwartz needs needs a game. I mean, he needs one after his honestly horrendous coaching performance last week, in my opinion. You know, I agree. you can complain that Nathan Geary can't cover anybody. Then why is he out there? Like that, you know, like I know, I mean, why is he covering Chase Claypool one-on-one on a huge third down play? I mean, what a mistake. And I can't blame him. He's not, how is he expected to cover a wide receiver? Uh, he should be able to cover tight ends and running backs. Anyway, uh, it's a quick rant there on my, what I thought was really poor coaching. I totally agree. Um, yeah. Uh, this Ravens attack is balanced. It all revolves around uh, Lamar Jackson. That's why the defensive line has to win. Um and, you know, we, uh, it's the NFL, so you're never out of it, but it's going to take a monumental effort. Um, need to see some good stuff. Kind of game that you might, we might sneak up on them, though, a little bit. So you never know. Yeah, we'll see. Obviously, I picked against the Eagles, Ravens to cover the spread. I think that right. it's going to come down to tight ends. We need to see Zach Ertz step up pretty big, too. He, he looked completely lost against the Steelers on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think Mark Andrews is going to have a huge game. So we'll see. Um I do think Miles Sanders is is going to be a huge key as well, but um, yeah, I'd like to see the running game. I mentioned a little bit with either J.K. Dobbins or a or a Mark Ingram breakout game. Lamar Jackson's still the uh, still the the stat leader in terms of rushing yards. So, but look, we've had a really good de- our run yeah. defense ha- is is good, I, and I know Lamar brings a different dynamic that we haven't really experienced this year. But the, well, our run defense has been good for the last five years. Yeah, but so, to that point, what the Steelers were able to do so well was that sweep and that type of attack, which I feel like Lamar 
brings that threat. Yep. So I, I want to see how they respond to it. And to your point of Jim well, Schwartz. The sweep, yeah, the sweep see what tires the defense. Right. You want Fletcher and the boys going north-south. When they start going left to right, they get tired. Yep. It's harder for them now. You know, now that so the, now that the linebackers of all the things you're upset about the linebackers, it hasn't been run defense. They've been pretty good defensively against the run. So we'll have to see. Yeah. So we'll we'll see what happens this weekend. But obviously, we'll get the the full recap of how the experience goes from Maddie D after he returns. You know it. Anything else before we wrap this thing up? Nah, that's it, man. Big big football coming up across the board. Uh, happy to be doing this with you, and um, yeah. Go let's, birds, uh, let's have a go birds. Yeah. You, you, yeah. You always say that. That's your line. Go ahead. Say it for us louder. <laughs> all right. Well, everybody make sure that you guys like share, subscribe to the podcast, all that good stuff. Search the bullpen cart on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, go check out pilot season with Mike Clark. Like you mentioned, I'm going to be coming on soon to talk about Brock Meyer, which should be a lot of fun, but he has a lot of great episodes. He did a pilot recap of the show. Dave, the little Dicky show, which was, it's a hilarious show in general, but the podcast was, was a, oh, wow, word vomit there, was hysterical as well. So go check out that. Follow the Thunderblog on Twitter. ThunderBLG is the handle there. Thunderblog Sports on Instagram. The Bullpen Cart Podcast Group on Facebook. Come join it. We did not put up a questions poll tonight, but normally you can post a question, be a part of the conversation. And for my man, Matty D, we will talk to you next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. And fly, Eagles, fly. Go, birds, baby.